HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. With more than 30 weekly podcasts, HRN has something for every food lover. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is supported by HRN business member, Chemists in the Kitchen by LabX. Chemists in the Kitchen is a YouTube video series by LabX, spotlighting the power of chemistry and how science and food can bring people together. In each episode, real scientists walk you through topics like making your own pickles, the chemistry behind ceviche, and much, much more. It's a love letter to science, cooking, and individuality, with some great tips on how you can apply real scientific principles to your own kitchen. Plus, it's just a lot of fun. Subscribe on YouTube to watch the entire series for free. Chemist in the Kitchen by LabX is a program of the National Academy of Sciences and supports HRN's creative educational reporting and storytelling that drive conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. I'm Lou Bank. I am Chapriwan. And this is Agave Road Trip, the award-winning, critically acclaimed podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, and rural Mexico. And today we're going to really go deep into the agave. We don't know if this is going to work. Or we're uh, not going to go so deep. It really depends on the agave, Chava. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, get that. Yeah, you I see get what that? I did there? Finally, a joke. Okay. Yeah, finally a joke. It's always dad jokes. So uh, so we got a question from our friend Rosemary Smith at Black Snake Distillery in Australia. Mm-hmm. took a very long time for the question to reach us because it had to come from so far. Yeah, sure, because we live without the internet, Lou. Whatever. So what was the question? Okay, so the question is... Let me get the actual. Does the unique taste of each agave spirit mainly come from its sugar source or the crust, crushed fibers and juice? Okay, so first of all, full disclaimer, uh, there's an article that I've been terrified of revisiting because it really, I just couldn't grasp much of what I read there. But it was sort of a speculation of how different uh, sugar chains and different agaves were actually uh, 
distinct enough to react differently in the press of making spirits. I don't even remember the name. I got too intimidated and I passed <laughs> fully we, by it. But this is something that's that's published on the, yeah, on the internet yeah, yeah. that we could throw in on the episode. Maybe, page. Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to even. It's it, <laughs> okay. So, so I'm glad you brought up something you don't want to bring up. Great. Uh, so that is the first thing, and then there's an, an anecdotal thing that we all can agree with, even if you, Senor Lu, say that flavor is just adjective to be talked about. Uh, uh, well, it's too uh, subjective to be argued about. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> that we all have experienced that different agaves have different flavors. That that, um, is, that is that is an absolutely true statement. Yeah, yeah. Though it's funny. Like I think I'm coming at this from a different angle than you thought I would be coming oh, at just, it from. I know. Just to okay, mess go with for you. it. Go for it. Okay. So. Um, uh, I would I would agree with that, but I suspect that when you're saying it, maybe I'm wrong, but I suspect when you are saying that, you're saying different varietals of agave have it's different species. Species is some varietals. Thanks. Well, I, once you say varietals, you're implying species. No, yeah, that's why no, I specifically because, because didn't say species. Talking... That's why I specifically didn't say species because then you go, well, what about bequiche and madrequiche and quiche? Species and varietals of species. Sure. Okay. So I would go so far as to say, I would agree with what you said, but go further and say, well, yeah, but I don't think that a a rotacanta that I get in one community is going to taste the same as a rotacanta in another community. Now, again, like her question was about the spirits, but I think we need to, because that's such a broad statement and we've done so many episodes about the 400 decisions that mescaleros make that affect the flavors. But if we just focus on that one thing, the agave, right? I would say that you've got so many outside factors beyond just the, the the genetic material of the plant that can affect the flavor. Have you ever been in a tapada where they were doing an ensemble? So you can basically sure. do a full tasting of different cooked agaves. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Lalo has walked me through that many times. Right? God it's, bless you, Lalo. Yeah. And it's freaking amazing, right? Because uh, it, it, the flavors how different are, the, the they are. Oh, without question. And I think the very easy, like the easier way to catch that those differences, it's at least for me, it's usually just uh, how sugarish are ones versus the others. I think that's the one thing that gets really clear. Oh wow! I, no, like, wow. Like you, I'd actually disagree. For me, it's not just like one sweeter than the others. There are distinct flavor notes. Oh no, in- absolutely, absolutely. But I'm saying that the well, at least for me, the first thing to catch my my palate was that they. They were clearly different in the sweet, sweet spectrum. And then there's a lot of other flavors attached to each other. Sure. Okay. All right. So, but then you, I mean, you, you being uh, not necessarily the most subtle human that I know, uh, you catch a lot of different flavors in each one of the different agaves. That, that oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah. like very distinct. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's good. So, actually... Even, I mean, taking that even to the to another part of, uh, I mean, this is part of the 400 decisions, but I also think it's a big part of the agave itself. It's it's the penca that it's left on the agave hard if you're going to process it. Because the penca, it, it sort of has the flavor of the agave, but not quite, right? Yeah, and I, I I wouldn't claim to fully understand why and why not, but you know clearly uh, there's a reason that so many mescaleros will 
completely shave off the pankas, the leaves of the agave uh, before they cook, and some leave them on. And then, you know, then you've got uh, a handful who will make spirits just from the pankas. And it suggests that there's something different going on in terms of the the biomass within the, the leaf than there is in the heart. So just because we don't want to be the only voices speculating about this, we do have a quote that we're going to run. Thanks. The espadin's leaves are a bit sweeter. That is why you leave a bit more of them. They can be as high as 5 or 7 centimeters. In Tobala, you leave around 2 centimeters because it is still a bit sweet. But the pestate leaves are way more acid, so you cut them all. You can only use the heart of the agave. So that was Diego Martinez Juarez from Santa Maria Albarradas, who is making the who is the maestro mezcalero for Dos Pasiones Mezcal, which is now available via our friend Jason Rivera in uh, California. Is that correct? Uh, it's certainly in California, and he's talking about Chicago. It'll be you know it'll be making its way across the country soon okay, enough. Cool. So that little commercial apart. <laughs> Thanks for the quote. Uh, no, this is fascinating to me because uh, it's. You know what, what what makes me think, too, about you've eaten watermelon in your life? Sure, of course Pro- I've Probably watermelon. not the best watermelon because you live in Chicago, but I'm sure you have had access to at least mediocre uh, watermelons. Sure, Java. So in my family, we used to fight for the heart of the watermelon. Like the center of it? The center of it. And then the more it was getting to the outside, it gets less sweet and less beautiful, all the way when you're on the almost on, on the outside, that it gets white and it lacks flavor, just doesn't taste that great. Uh, well, uh, you know, you and I can fight over whether or not watermelon rind is delicious, and you being somebody who's not spent a lot of time in the South with pickled watermelon rind are going to have the wrong answer. But that's not the <laughs> point here. Okay, well, at least in its natural shape and form. Sure. So I'm starting to think if if uh, if that is something that we just have never quite considered in the agave context, like mm-hmm. you know, and and in a way, what can balance the the flavors attached to it? Maybe if we were only using the very very center of the agave, we'll end up with just the over the top sweetest mezcales in the planet. Hmm. You know, everything will even uh, taste almost additive uh, intensive. And then if we, so I think there's even a balancing of the possible flavors available in the whole process by deciding how much do you shave. Like, and, oh. and, and, and maybe you don't want to have the sweetest stuff. You, you want to have a, a like a, a bigger range, if you wish. Well, you know, and I, I think that is absolutely the case. And obviously, uh, you know, somebody who learned from their parent, who learned from their parent, who learned from their parent, like there's, there's oftentimes uh, this sort of chain of knowledge that also becomes, I think, a chain of, of preferred flavors that results in, you know, how an agave is processed for a specific result. Um, but... You know, that quote was talking about how much of the panka, how much of the leaf of the tobala you take versus the espadine. And I, I think you have to you have to step back from that and say it's not how much, you know, a, 
like everyone takes, but how much this particular mescalero takes, which I think is sort of to your point, mm-hmm. right? I think I think if you dig deep enough, you're going to find some mescaleros shave their potatorum completely clean, and some do leave a little bit on. And then you've, you know, as I said, you've got like Anaceto Garcia, he's making a tepestate that's entirely from the panca, just the panca, that you, you end up with these very different flavors because again, taste is subjective, and what you might be shooting for at one palenque, one mescalero is shooting for is different than another one. Yes, and you also have different sugar contents in each one of these agaves, so it's not a big surprise that espadin has a sweeter penca, and therefore you can probably shave it less. Which also talks to me about why tepestate is so freaking expensive. Because it's not only that it has less sugar count in its heart, but a lot of the weight that you're winning in the espadin realm, for example, with living a little bit more penca, you are losing in in the marmoratas or in the tepestate. So you understand what I'm saying, right? Hang on. Are you then saying that you're, you're using less of the penca and the tepestate than you are in the espadin? Yeah, correct. Well, see, and, and here's... Well, again, in, 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 in our quote... Right. And and again, this is why I go back to the idea like Anaceto Garcia, he's making his... Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. But, I, but I'm talking specifically about, about the quote. Also something interesting that, that calls my attention, and uh, and I think this might be the whole point about Aniceto, is this guy is telling us, Diego is talking about acidity, right? Uh-huh. And as we know in wine, in coffee, and many other things, acidity, it tends to be a contentious matter. So some people <laughs> love their acid espressos. I, I might be, you know, I'm one of those... Kids, I love my acid espresso, but I know people that hate that with a passion. Right. So maybe you're talking here about Diego being someone that the, their, his acidity threshold is not something he appreciates. Whereas Aniceto, maybe it's like, you know what? Acidity in this stuff, it's, and I've had some, some mezcales that I love that my stomach doesn't love as much. <laughs> sure. uh, <laughs> and, you know, that are really high on the acid. So this, this might be some of the decisions that are creating those thresholds of, of flavors that I think ane- anecdotically we find a lot. Right. And so again, it, it's like it's subjectivity. It's what you, what do you like and, and where did that come from? And what were you taught as a kid? And how did you learn to make your spirits? But circle back to what Rosemary was asking in essence, I think is, you know, like, okay. So she's making spirits in Australia using agave, right? Mm. And my guess is, uh, and it's a shame that it takes four weeks for her, her text messages to reach us because she's so far away. But um, my guess is she's asking the question because she's trying to figure out how to play with the agave to get different flavors. Yes. And I, uh, I mean, I... Uh, do we know how to help her in uh, I, I think it's a lot of <laughs> we also have no experience with the land of Australia so I mean a little bit to your point um, I don't know if you saw this but in my game Latte we did some posts using uh, Banjes educational material so Banjes Mescal educational material about the types of soils that are in existence in uh, in Ejutla according to some samples they've taken. And then they are crazy enough, God bless them, to even do a mapping of the different soil types in the different areas where they're planting their agave. And they've been trying to figure out even how those soil types in one specific region, just changing elevation very slightly, 
can affect the, the the flavors that you can extract from the agave, which so which that, makes which makes total sense when you when you think about that in terms of what uh, you just said in the previous episode that we recorded, but maybe not the one that you're listening to because we don't run them in the same order that we record them. But uh, where you were talking about how the the, the barley uh, is depleting the soil around the um, the the, the puquero plants, right? Around the, the, the agave that's being used to make pulque. And once you're depleting the soil of nutrients, the nutrients have got to have some kind of effect on that agave. Yes. And I mean, all I'm saying is I, I think it's completely obvious that it does. We just don't know how. Right. Yeah. You know, right. I, I might be very wrong about this, but uh, I think I heard somewhere that the most expensive real estate in the planet, it's a vineyard. I'm pronouncing this. It's a badly. vineyard. Vineyard. Yeah. I think in, in Burgundy, where they, uh, it's, I think, one hectare, and it's valued at a crazy amount of, of money because they agreed that that is the most, the piece of land makes the most fortunate grapes in the planet. Huh. Okay, we're going to, like, I mean, since you just pulled this out of your pocket, I guess we're going to have to do some research. <laughs> yeah, me in and it. my mouth. No, but yeah. what I'm trying to say it's, uh, is, uh, and, this, and this might be very wrong, but it's very well understood that there in, in, in the wine world, there's definitely a notion of this is a more expensive piece yeah. of land to grow your grapes than others. Of course, yeah. And that in Mezcal... Right, nobody's it, it, having no, the Nobody's having that conversation at all. It's not right. even close to have that conversation. The only reason why... A, Area might be more malleable than another is because it grows faster, which is such a silly <laughs> notion. So it's not; it makes a better product, it makes a faster product, or it's closer to where I'm going to use it. Right. So we are in in as we say in Spanish. I don't know if you have that expression in English in diapers and pañales. <laughs> we are just starting to understand these things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think I think that's is that a wrap? Ah uh, no. Uh, I, w- I, w- <laughs> I want to explore this more. I think this was more of an introductory episode that will prompt us to talk more specifically about the differences of specific agaves and of these pre- specific uh, landscapes, ecosystems, and soil types. Well, and I would just like uh, rosemary uh, down in Australia, or I guess over in Australia. Maybe it's even up, depending on how you look at the globe. I would just like rosemary to do a bunch of experiments uh, at her own cost and then send us the samples so that <laughs> tell us what did she do with that agave? Where did it come from? How did she, right? To give us the answer to the question that she asked, because I think that's the only way you get the answer. And she's in, I would say, a very unique position in that she's not coming from the uh, the you know the multiple generations of um, uh, of customs of doing things in one way which gives her i think at least more freedom uh, intellectually to play around than maybe that is the worst comment you've done in the history of this podcast it's the worst what the the worst comment you've ever done in this podcast Lou more freedom everybody has like whatever Intellectual freedom. No, 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 no. Fully disagree. Hard disagree. What do you mean? Well, I think I think actually coming from a tradition gives you a tremendous freedom because it gives you more information, more understanding, more it it just makes her stand in a different place. 
I wouldn't say it gives her more freedom. Just she's standing in a different place, and that's amazing. Oh, I, I, so <laughs> boy, wow, this just took a left turn. I, I disagree in terms of when I think about the the communities that we go to. Like Amando is a great example, right? We go visit Amando in East Kotlan, and we see on the road to Amando's place that it's covered with so tall, and we ask him, you know, are, are you making spirits with this? And he said, Oh no, you can't. I think that that sometimes you learn things. If you come from that background, you learn things that are hard to unlearn or to think beyond. At the same time, he's running Los Amantes right now and doing crazy stuff that is not necessarily embedded in his community's tradition, but that he can do just because he understands his discipline with great detail. Yeah, yeah, no, I get that. Sure. I mean, I understand your the the myth of someone that comes from tradition having a like a more like a not as broad understanding of stuff. I just disagree with that. I understand the myth. I don't agree with it. Well, and I I wouldn't <laughs> say it lacks a broad understanding. Just literally sees walls sometimes where there aren't walls. Full disagree. We're not going to solve that. <laughs> this is a wrap. Okay. <laughs> I'll catch you next episode. This has been Agave Road Trip, the podcast that helps gringo bartenders learn about agave spirits. Your hosts are Lubank and Chava Periban. Sound engineering by Roy Sierra. Theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Mark Rico. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, recommend it to your enemies. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. Lou is in charge of our social media. So if he happens to sound like an old man, forgive him. He is one. A Gabby Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pitbulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio Network newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the food world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you here on Heritage Radio Network can drive you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If it drives you to drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly, eat responsibly too, and listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive or walk. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to get up and stretch every 30 minutes. If you get up and stretch every 30 minutes, do not stretch beyond your abilities. Stay within your defined stretching capacity and consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you do not have a doctor, listen to all the shows on the Heritage Radio Network. There has to be at least one doctor among the Heritage Radio Network podcast hosts. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip out.